Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here as always with Byron Lambert. We're going to hit you with it early. We're going to hit you with it often. Go to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a good review there in iTunes. We're going to be getting to our reviews of the week a little bit later on in the show. Some of you guys gave some good reviews last week. Somebody will be walking away from this week with a comp membership. A credit to their pro account. At rosterwatch.com. That, of course, is Byron Lambert. Back from a weekend of possible debauchery, jam bands. Oh, uh, man. A, mag- a magical I mean, weekend. One, I, I'd, sure. one I'd never experienced before. Magical Encountering enough. Alex's old group of high school friends for a mega rager. Well, they, they can make it feel magical with certain party favors that are around. From A weekend with string cheese right here live in Austin, <laughs> Texas. Something I would never thought I'd ever find myself yeah. at. But I can tell you, I'll, I'll definitely be going to another cheese show. A lot of NFL news and notes I'm sure to catch up on coming out of such a, <laughs> coming out of such a woolly, uh, woolly weekend. What do we have? Well, you got, uh, you got anything you want to talk about on Aaron Hernandez? You got anything on that one? Uh, I guess I don't know. I mean, I mean, you feel bad for his daughter, but here's the thing: with everybody coming out today and saying they feel bad for Aaron Hernandez's daughter, I felt bad for his family and his daughter. Whenever he, you know, he was a he was dead to them the minute he got sent away to prison for life for you know being a horrible murderous person. So it's like. At no point in his daughter's life, in his ex-wife's life, in any of his family's life, any of his dependents, w- was there going to be, you know, any any real n- normalcy? And, and so, with everybody today saying I feel bad for his daughter, I just say, well, you know, you probably should have felt bad for his daughter the day that her dad really died, and that was the day that he got sent to prison for a lifetime, and just basically was ruined in her mind as an evil person. Do you have anything on the Aaron Hernandez deal? Nope. Would you would you would you say that there's a likelihood that he did not kill himself and that this was a murder? I don't think so. You think that it's basically a ninety nine percent or that this was a real suicide? I mean, you don't get murdered by being hung by your bed sheet from uh, your window. Sometimes they, you? sometimes they set you up. You'd be surprised at the thought that they put into stuff when you all you have time for in jail is How sit could you get set up for think, that? Well, I'm not sure it could be a setup because they said that I guess he was found by himself and they said that there was articles of like, I'm not sure it was articles of clothes, but there was stuff jammed underneath the door to keep people from coming in. So it's hard to imagine how somebody could have done it to him and then gotten out and then jammed the stuff in 
to keep people from getting in, if that makes sense. Do you think he knew the Patriots were going to be at the White House today? I don't. I don't think that. I don't think his head's in that place anymore. I, I don't know. Maybe it is. Strange, right after the acquittal. Yeah. Yeah. But hold on. So let me get this straight. The acquittal was for a different one than the Odin Lord. For the double murder. And wasn't this guy somebody that was going to rat on him? Yeah, his, for an his old, I guess, confidant was testifying against him with immunity. A guy with obviously very questionable. And the thing is, Aaron Hernandez's attorney, Joe Baez, was Casey Anthony's attorney. The one who got Casey no, Anthony right. in Florida off the... Her, you know, with her death of her young child, and everybody thinks she did it still. So he had a, he had a, he has, that's the best defense attorney in the country. He got Casey Anthony off. He got he's Aaron Hernandez off. He, but he's still going to be he's in jail. Still be in he's life without parole. Yeah. yeah. I honestly thought he was going to do a lot better in jail than this. <laughs> I thought he was going to be like head of a gang and, you know, live out his life in jail. Like, you know, really, really work up the, the, uh, the old corporate ladder. Let's prove it to be true once again. The zoo animals know when they get fed, as you guys have been clamoring, yelping on Twitter and via email for your next feeding. Here it is right here on Roster Watch Podcast 17. What do you think about Rob Gronkowski stepping into Sean Spicer's press conference unannounced and asking if he needed any help today? I did, was that today? Yeah. Dude, I've been doing the. I've been having to do my breakdown from the Texas Longhorn spring game all day long. I've not been on Twitter. Is that real or is that some kind of Saturday Night Live thing? Real. Sean Spicer was in the middle of, and I thought maybe it was going to be a setup. Hey, hey, hey! A day in the life of the Gronker. Boy, we, no we, all, even we should all get to live cares, one. Nobody cares, do they? No. Uh, I mean, if a normal guy would have done that, dude, you get shot. Gonna walk up inside that well, thing and, 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 and ask the presidential press secretary if he needs any help. A lot of people for that get tackled, tased, and he worse. popped out from right behind the door that Spicer would come out from. The one that's, that's behind the kind of thing where Secret Service would shoot a regular dude. Yeah, it was hilarious <laughs> for the Gronker. It's no big deal. Like no. Bob Kraft says, everybody should live a, live a day in the life of the Gronker. At least one. At just one. That's what this weekend felt like for me. <laughs> Speaking uh, of, did you ever just look up at the stage and you'd be, you'd be like, oh my, oh, holy shit, are they still playing the same fucking song? Boy, let me tell you Wasn't how these this shows the same go. Because I went, song I went that for, I heard an hour ago and they're just I'm going back into an, to, to another course? I went for two nights for my own sanity and personal safety. I had to call it after two nights. <laughs> this is a three-night Was event. It, a, it was it's more a, than two nights? It's a real marathon. You've got to be... I mean, these 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 old friends of Alex's, I mean, these people are... They're from a different <laughs> planet. They're from another planet. They are from another planet. They like to mix... They like to match. They like to stay up very, very late. There's things I could never... And then get very, very drowsy. Never, never, never discuss <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, they, the sleeping age certainly come in handy. But yeah, so the way these shows start is you get there and you feel kind of bored. And you're like, why in the hell am I at this jam band show? And then something kicks in. And then the pixie, <laughs> the pixie dust starts being sprinkled. <laughs> <laughs> and a few beers in, and all of a sudden, everything changes. Oh, yeah. And literally. Boy, it just catches fire. It catches it real fire it out does. there. It and it goes long, and it goes strong. 
Throw your old perceptions out the window. <laughs> uh, but a few of the old cheeseheads that were out there were complaining that it had become a little too electronic for them. I was, I was right, I was right in step, man. You, you, you say, "Welcome to the, welcome to the digital right era, old step. man." Felt like a gronk. Uh, let's see here. What do you think about the Floyd Casey Stadium picture that I sent you? Floyd Casey, the another old, bit of news. The old Baylor Bears uh, stomping, the old Baylor Bears stomping grounds. Apparently, there's a. I have no idea what that is, but it looks like a huge phallic symbol that somehow. That can know. be seen on Google Earth. Go, yeah, if you, you go, go to Google, Google Earth, Earth and Google Floyd Casey Stadium in Waco, Texas, you, I mean, zoom in, you'll see it. I don't know what to think of it. I think it's probably just somebody playing a prank. I don't think, you know. I mean, it's there's pretty, much, there's pretty much, awesome. There's much, much, much you know, more important things to talk about Baylor regarding than that thing. Uh, it's about, it looks like it's about 30 yards long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think Vegas knew about the Patriots' uh, tender to Mike Gillisley when they released the odds on Adrian Peterson's landing no. spot well, yesterday? Well, let's see. What time did that come out? And I'll tell you the time that the sportsbook emailed me that Because, look, prop. Vegas has a lot of information. Every, everybody, in roster, every, everybody in Roster Watch Nation knows, especially our pro members, who have a pro membership at rosterwatch.com for less than a cheap cup of coffee. And we have a bunch of cool tools coming up this week. Mike Bangerson in the new tool this week, the team big board tool. We have the team needs tool. Everything that you're going to need to help with your mock drafts and getting ready for the uh, NFL draft, you get at rosterwatch.com, less than a cheap cup of coffee. One of the tools we have during the season, of course, is the Vegas tool for daily fantasy sports and it's one of our most pop most wildly popular tools you know hundreds and thousands of people are logged into that tool uh from friday night until sunday morning this is just one of the bookmakers that the reason why it's so popular is because we get emails and we uh, have private books that we work with on these player props and so this i just got it i need to look it up I don't want to say his name here on the podcast but Adjusted Adrian Peterson odds. So it's New England Patriots. Where this came yesterday, at right around this time, actually at about two p.m. Do you know about when the Gillisley news hit? Uh, I can tell you right now. I mean, Gillisley was. Yeah, I, I think it was just a little bit after that. Okay, so it came out. It was New England Patriots plus three hundred, New Orleans Saints plus three sixty, and third the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus five hundred. The Oakland Raiders at plus 800. The Green Bay Packers at plus 900. Then after that, it's a pretty pretty big drop-off to the Giants, Eagles, and Chiefs, all at plus 1,500. The Chiefs is one that I hadn't really considered, and I hadn't really considered the Eagles that much either. I guess we talked about the Eagles a little bit on the pod. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars at plus 1,800. I guess that's the no Leonard Fournette plan. They go with Jonathan Allen or somebody there at four. And just bring in AP. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. Field plus 300. It started out being uh, whenever they first sent me the odds on February the 25th, the odds started out being the odds on favorite were the Minnesota Vikings at plus 250. It seems like the one that sort of stayed in the mix a little bit, even though they're plus 900 now, was the Green Bay Packers at plus 260. At that point in time, the Patriots and the Raiders were both at plus 1,000 with the field at plus 140. So betting the field at that point in time probably would have been uh, the best move. I I mean, I'm, on the one I'm you sent out yesterday, I couldn't figure out why we weren't talking about just betting the field. I'm looking at it now, and now look at this. The odds have changed. Okay, so now the odds are different. The, the odds now go 
New Orleans Saints are the odds-on favorites at plus 300. The, so the with the Gillisley news, the Patriots have gone from a plus 300 and the odds-on favorite to number two at plus 450. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at now plus 550 after being previously at plus 500 yesterday. So, yeah, a definite shift after the Mike Gillisley news. What do you think of Mike Gillisley? To the, I mean, what do you think of any of this? This is all going to be a mess. Rex Burkhead, Mike Gillisley, LeGarrette Blunt still has an offer on the table. Deion Lewis is still under contract i believe that james white is still a patriot somehow yeah well loico was on a couple weeks ago uh on the sirius xm show mike mike loico good friend of the good 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 friend of the company in the uh in the podcast and the website and the radio program i mean for all things patriots he's your guy at nepd loico is it yep. underscore loico I think it's at NEPD underscore loico that's mike loico just a, a real boston sports enthusiast um and a draft homer. You know, at that point, he was saying that it, James White and Deion Lewis were not necessarily in the long-term picture. I believe James White has been signed to an extension. Let's double-check that. I think it's a three- or four-year deal. He just got paid. Uh, Deion Lewis, I, I believe, is still in a bit of a tenuous contract situation. Obviously, LeGarrette Blunt's just floating around out there right now. I, I love the signing of Mike Gillisley. And, and forget, they signed Rex Burkhead. I, well, that's what I said. I just I don't I mean, see how they're a plus four fifty for Adrian Peterson. I know it's but weird. All, but you know, Vegas they're bringing, knows they're bringing in a bunch of running back. They are. They're bringing in a bunch of running back prospects. You'll see on our on our interest tracker that comes on the team big board tool for our Waster Watch Pro members. You'll see the Patriots are a player for a lot, or at least they're acting like they're a player for a lot of these running back prospects, even ones that aren't even. They don't pick until 72, but the Patriots are, I mean, they've Bill Belichick had a private workout with Deontay Foreman. Then the week after they brought him up there, uh, they've had, I believe they had a workout with Corey Clement. They had a workout, I believe, with Jamal Williams. A whole ton of these guys, especially these kind of bigger running backs. Maybe it's, I, I was telling Loika when we were talking about it, that it could possibly be some kind of LeGarrette Blunt insurance in case he doesn't take the deal. That's on the table. I happen to think that the deal that's on the table for LeGarrette Blunt it's probably a real dog of a deal, or else you would have already taken it. Yeah, that's just how these things work. Yeah, the, I mean, it's, it does appear they're still looking for that big back. But well, let me ask you, have to, we're gonna have to figure out how much guaranteed money's in these contracts because they're not gonna be able to retain all these guys. This is gonna be a situation where they're signed a bunch of guys, and some of these guys are gonna get, are, I, I believe, we're gonna have to get cut somewhere along the line. You can't have six running backs on the active roster you know what i mean right one of the things we're gonna have to talk about before we get off the podcast or maybe we could talk about it in the next podcast but i'd like to get this done soon is just a few i've I've highlighted a few players in the mfl 10 cheat sheet that i just want to discuss with you about getting up and or down um and one of them now that we've had this conversation is going to be Dion lewis do you like Dion lewis do you still like him more than amir abdullah I mean, I don't think so at this point. You don't think so? Do you no. like him more I don't than like either of them, though? Do you like him more than Marshawn Lynch at this point? No. Do you like? Well, see, Marshawn Lynch is another one that we're gonna have to discuss. But do you like him more than Adrian Peterson at this point? Nope. Do you like him more than Kenneth Dixon, Bilal Powell, or Deontay Foreman at this point? Maybe definitely more than Dixon, maybe more than Powell. I'm not sure I like him more than I like Foreman more. Does Paul Perkins belong in that category? He belongs he belongs above that category. Okay. Does Jonathan Stewart belong above that category? Yeah. Yes, he does. 
even though ADPs don't dictate I mean, it pains that, me to say it. Even though ADPs don't dictate that right now on MFL tens, the way that I feel about Paul Perkins and Jonathan Stewart is, I would just rather have those guys in a vacuum anyway. And so you know, with how the cheat sheet works, I mean, it's based around ADP and it was based around drafting value. But even if I was drafting value at the ADP of a Dion Lewis, I would just rather have a Jonathan Stewart. Period. Yeah. So if we're not talking cross positionally. I'm just going to make notes on these two guys just for Roster Watch Nation. We'll have an MFL cheat sheet update up for you guys probably here by Friday. Okay, so, uh, and then Marshawn Lynch. Do you like Marshawn Lynch at this point more than Rob Kelly? No. Do you like him more than CJ Prosize or Theo Riddick in a PPR? PPR, no. Do you like him more than Eddie Lacy? No, yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Okay. Do you like Eddie Lacy more than that that whole group that we just talked about? The Kenneth Dixons, the Bilal Powells, the Adrian Petersons? Do you still like him more than those guys? Uh, yeah, I guess for now. For, for now. now. For now. Fair enough. Oh, a lot of cockamamie business. <laughs> Always is. I think that sums everything up from the past. <laughs> Go to rosterwatch.com and get a pro membership. Give us a good give us a good rating. Give us a good review. You guys, we asked last week, we're giving you free stuff to go give us ratings and reviews. And I think we only got like four new reviews. We got some we got a bunch of good new ratings. But if you guys just please take the time, give us a, give us five stars in iTunes, give us a thumbs up in Stitcher, give us a good review in iTunes. It'll be the reason that we keep doing the podcast, especially once the time becomes a whole lot harder to come by whenever we start having to get into the summertime, putting out all the premium tools, getting ready for fantasy season in into full swing. So let's just sum this up real quick. What are the top? Give me the top three or four. Uh, the top. Let's. What are the top five teams Vegas are predicting for Adrian Peterson right now? What was the odds on the field uh, for the for the update? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'll have to pull it back up. I'm just curious because I mean, look, they have, they factor in a lot of information, and so I mean, they may not be right, but I think if you look at their who they're projecting to be the top five landing spots, I wouldn't be shocked if it ends up being one of those. Okay, so the field, any other team besides any team besides Tampa, New England, New Orleans, Green Bay, Oakland, Philly, Giants, Chiefs, Jaguars, that's plus so that three hundred, about ten. So. Plus 300 for 21 teams in the league, something like that. 20, 21, 22 20, teams, yeah. depending on how I just counted that last group. And plus 300 is also the Saints, which would hurt for our recent Mark Ingram moving so him up. The, you want the, 22 teams for plus 300, or you want one team for plus 300? I know. I want 22. I want 22. Especially considering the way it shifted last time. He didn't send me this email for me to bet on it. He just sent me the email to have his media, but it makes me something I kind of want to bet on. Kind of want to bet the field, right? It yeah. seems like it's going to be a surprise, it's gonna be, surprise yeah, team. It's going to be the Cardinals or something weird. We feels never feels like you of. close your eyes, you're going to stick your hand in the hat and just pull out a number, and it's not going to probably be one of those All of a sudden, it's going to be like, right oh, my God, an Adrian Peterson, Todd Gurley backfield in, in, in yeah. Los Angeles. You'd be like, what the hell was Let's that? Let's go sniff around the field, Roster Watch Nation. Yeah, if you can get the field to plus 300, I like that. You can make that bet. At one of our swindly European sources, bookmaker.eu. And so right now they think it's going to be Bucks, Packers, Patriots, Saints, basically. Patriots, Bucks, Saints. I mean, Raiders now have moved up higher than the Packers. What if that's a beast mode AP? 
Oh. <laughs> I mean, there, hey, dude. There's, I mean, between the two of them, seems like something might pop off from game to game. There's only one one Raiders uh, notion that's been keeping me up later at night than that, though. And what's that? To talk about John Ross. Let's hear it. What is what what is that notion? Well, just Raider Nation is starting to get the starting to get the feeling that John Ross would add a dynamic to that offense that would just be a game changer and make that offense almost unstoppable. You can say that about any team. I think with Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, and John Ross, we talk about a complimentary group of wide receivers. Did they re-sign Seth Roberts or is he gone? Yeah, but you need a number four. Do you know that Seth Roberts had double the red zone targets last year of Julio Jones? That's something we still could. Did we get that straightened out at no. the combine? I just got a bunch of cockamamie talk around business. Yeah, I'm not. You know what the trash man says? I'm losing faith in Amari. Do you know what the trash man says? He huh. says go back to roster watch and read his profile on 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 Julio. He's always he told says us. he's he's always said even going back to college that guy doesn't score touchdowns. It makes no. It's sense. so stupid. It makes no sense at all. Let's make some more trash man. Let's make a little more sense here out of some of these news and notes. Get caught up. Maybe you know what I was thinking. We did wide receiver rankings, updated draft wide receiver rankings on uh, the uh, last podcast. Maybe going to be a couple more pods before the draft. Maybe in the next one we'll we do. Did, we did running back rankings. Oh, we did running back. Next one, next one we'll do updated wide receiver rankings, and then maybe the final one before the draft we'll do a last Update to the quarterback rankings. We'll probably go through a mock draft on here too, though, because I'm going to have to put out my mock for the huddle report on that. We'll get it figured out next week. It's going to be a fun week next week coming into Does the Does Mike draft. Band have an updated mock coming? Yeah, yeah. He'll have an updated top 20 mock that'll be up by at least by Friday at rosterwatch.com. That'll be uh, free content for anybody who wants to read it. You yeah. can read his top 10 mock right now. Just go to rosterwatch.com. It'll be on the ticker. Danny Amendola has agreed to a pay cut. So he'll be back. So what is this? This is a Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman, Rex, Malcolm Mitchell, Brandon Cooks, Rex Burkhead, Rex Burkhead, Mike Rob Gronkowski, Gillisley. Mike Gillisley, Tom Brady, Monster. It's a lot. Dwayne of, Allen. It's a Dwayne lo- Allen. That's a lot of. That's a lot of real kind of just versatile, athletic guys. Is Dwayne Allen going to be one of the offseason signings of the year? No. You don't think so? No. For you two, Martellus for, for Bennett two, was. For two specific reasons. Tell me them. I think that, one, he's been a disappointment his entire career in, in, in Indy. He's never lived up to his physical expectations. And for two, those guys who they generally bring in to be the Aaron Hernandez, I, I guess I realized that Martellus was a good signing last year. But other than that, it's been, it's, it, it's, they've always been disappointing. When they bring guys in there to be the move and the or the you know the blocking kind of joker tight end like Hernandez was, well, do you think then that I'm right in terms of real football that the sneaky offseason signing of the year could end up being Cordero Patterson in Oakland? I just think I saw that tweet. You you can follow us on Twitter at rosterwatch.com. Uh, just, I think I mean, he's good for two wins, and what I mean, but I say that when when I say that, what I mean is not that they're necessarily going to win two more games than they did last year because they had a great record last year. But I believe it could translate to one or two more wins next year than they might have had otherwise. I think he's just the return game. The field position is huge. It's like getting Devin Hester. Yeah, I mean, if it's they like adding him, Devin Hester to a good well, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He will, dude. Look, I'm you're you're never gonna t- hear any. any 
<laughs> bad talk towards Cordero from me. He's one of Roster Watch Nation's most sweetest and most darling, Original children. beautiful babies. Yeah, but I mean, he's just been an awful receiver at the NFL level. If we're just talking, not really, I mean, not really awful, just he could never get polished. I don't know why. And they didn't go out of their way to integrate him. But golly, do you remember the times when he got when he was involved in the passing game and they did just try to funnel it to him? This is a rookie he year. It was in unbelievable. You'd be like, my God, dude, I cannot believe. If you're just willing please. to use him like Percy Harvin, he he goes bananas. And I think the so Raiders are going to try him to. There and you just wanted you're like, hey man, we're gonna we're gonna make this guy bust his ass to be a, an All Pro kick returner. And just get his mind settled around that. Be like, we're on a Super Bowl run now. We got all the players that we need. We haven't. We need this guy to be an all-pro kick returner, you know, and, and like we're putting the onus on 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 him to be that part of our team. If he can just get his head straight, I remember towards the end of last season, whenever Cordero was started to worry about his contract. Do you remember when he made some kind of big plays, even on offense, and then like guys on the team would kind of come up to him and slap him on the ass and try and give no, him when they get try him and, involved, try and give him he chest plays, yeah, and stuff. And, and and he didn't want any of it. He was minding it. You know what I'm saying? He would just put his head down and get back to the huddle. His agent. We even talked about the time we said, "Look, man." His agent told him, "No more of this monkey business. You get out there and you produce. You keep your head down and you work." You think if he comes into Oakland with that kind of mental attitude, I and he and and his sole focus on just one thing. Not having to be a wide receiver anymore, just being a, a, the most dynamic kick return weapon that there is in the National Football League, that's something that he can legitimately try to be and something that he legitimately could be. So, yeah, I, I, I could see him being, I guess, the. it's just hard to say Cordell Patterson, the biggest <laughs> biggest free agent acquisition, but that's what we do at Roster. I think Watch. he's going to have, a, we're going to have a hey, couple of weeks. He's going to be coming home to roost on this very podcast come like October next year when he's already run back five, five kicks for touchdowns. There's going to be some game winning plays for the Oakland Raiders by Cordero Patterson this year. You can, you can, you can lock that up. Okay. Let's see. News and notes pretty much suck right now. What about this then? I'm going to, let, let me get into the MFL 10. Um, players that I just wanted to kind of touch on because I feel like some of these guys kind of have news regarding them. Okay, so Sammy Watkins. There was news regarding him while you, whatever you were in some sort of alternate universe. He was cockamamie. They're saying uh, Doug Doug Whaley, who I wish would just walk his ass into oncoming traffic. I don't understand how he's still hot, still has a job. Him and Rick Smith. He's saying he's not sure if they're going to... Um, oh, give the fifth-year option? Yeah, Sammy Watkins. Any thoughts on how that affects him? Do you still like... Do you? And now Alan Robinson asking for more money like he deserves it. They're thinking about paying him. Do you still like Sammy Watkins better than Alan Robinson or Doug Baldwin for MFL 10 purposes? For just this year, yeah. But you don't like him better than Brandon Cooks, even now with these new additions into that offense and the new weapons? No, no, no. Brandon Cooks, there's just too much smoke not to call that a fire. Okay. Um, Carlos Hyde, the new new. I mean, there's there's been no new news with him, but the news seems, is seemingly more and more ominous to me. When I was talking to Trash Man, I just, I mean, do we really like – and here's the other thing that comes into consideration is the is the recent lip service from Andy Reid regarding Spencer Ware, saying that he is a big Spencer Ware fan. There's nothing oh, he can't do. I saw it. Something about how dirty he is. Yeah. He called him dirty. That's you. I mean, he can do. Like, you go against that guy in fantasy on the wrong weeks, he can do you dirty. But my question is, 
do we like Carlos Hyde basically is because here's the thing. Trash man is kind of on my team about the whole Spencer Ware versus CJ Anderson thing. He something that you're diametrically opposed to. Yes. And if you look why. at it, maybe his pass cat, do you think he can yeah, catch pass? Yeah, just depending on PPR. I want Spencer. I yes, I want Spencer Ware. I I uh I wonder though, how much more do we even like Carlos Hyde at this point than that? whole tier of the C.J. Andersons, the Spencer Wares, the Tevin Coleman's, and the Isaiah Crowell's. Well, I'm going to tell you time and time again, I don't like any of them more than Tevin Coleman and PPR. Okay, well, here's the thing. <laughs> Tevin Coleman... So once those ADPs start to come to earth a little bit, then we need to go ahead and pump him up. We have, that'll be in a later we have, version. We have, we, have Tevin Coleman, we have Tevin Coleman pumped up to an area to where if you can get... Va- I don't think you need to take Tevin Coleman at the beginning of your fourth round. I think if you can get him at the end of the fourth round, you're going to take him if you use this 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 cheat sheet. So I think he's in a good spot. He's already above his ADP. But as the tier goes of value, as we see it, there is a tier on the cheat sheet that you can get at rosterwatch.com with a pro membership. It costs less than a cheap cup of coffee. Write us a good review. You can even get a free uh, a, a, a free month. Um, Spencer Ware. C.J. Anderson, Tevin Coleman, Isaiah Crowell. Do you like? I mean, do you like Carlos Hyde better than all those guys still? Not more than uh, Coleman, but than the other guys, yes. Okay, yeah. so what that means is this: Do you do you, in a vacuum? Yeah, I like Carlos Hyde more than that group. In a vacuum, do you like Carlos Hyde more than Jarvis Landry in a PPR? Yeah. Do you like him more than Terrell Pryor in a PPR? Yeah. Do you like him more than Demarius Thomas in a PPR? Well, I'm just seeing here Emmanuel Sanders is saying that the Broncos' offense is going to be, quote-unquote, pass-happy with the return of Mike McCoy. And, I mean, and that is a shit sandwich yeah. quarterback in Denver. <laughs> well, you're going to get to be there for, for, for training camp like last year. Yeah. You'll be able to come back and give us the— I've got more friends in Denver now. <laughs> I'm sure you do. A lot of those guys I went to high school with now live in Denver due to— Due to certain uh, the industry, cer- certain industries opening up in the area, um, the modern day gold rush. I'm sure you got to hear a lot about that. Um, so do you like Carlos Hyde better than Demarius? Or with how pass hype happy this is going to be, do you like Demarius better than a Michael Crabtree or or, or Devonte Adams? I like Devonte Adams and Michael Crabtree as just safer options. Okay, so and I think that's where we're at. Carlos Hyde or Demarius Thomas? That's a good one. Okay. That's a good spot. Okay. And for me, it's just I'll take a Hyde there for the upside. But you would not take Hyde if Crabtree was available on, on, on the board to you, correct? I don't think so, no. Perfect. So that update has been made. I mean, you feel like you know you're getting a good player with Michael Crabtree right now. And look, now. you're going to be getting a good player at the – Beginning of the fourth, maybe 3.11-ish to 4.01-ish. If you get Carlos Hyde there, you hold your nose and you take a bit of the gamble. He was a guy who we thought we were we were just, you know, the cats that ate the canary, just walking in and robbing fools, getting Carlos Hyde at the end of the second round, beginning of the third. You have to cool off a little bit. Are we, with Are we still high on him talk. now a little bit? No. Not at all. No. Right at ADP. I think that's where we should be. I think maybe we should be even a little bit lower than ADP until we just know exactly what's going on. Oh. I think. I mean, I personally, if you've used the tool a lot before, if you use the tool with any, with any volume before, you've had during the first couple of weeks that we had the tool fair fair exposure to Carlos Hyde. So 
I don't mind getting him down a small bit below ADP right now just if he falls to extreme value. That's how I want him until we're, we're just 100% sure here for, for roster watch nation. No, I think that makes sense. Uh, another guy I wanted to touch on, unless there's something you want to get to. No, I'm just, I'm right now, I'm just going through the most recent reviews on iTunes for this podcast, and I'm trying to narrow it down. I think I've got it down to the two finalists for this week's review of the week. Uh, okay, so let me ask you this. Dalvin Cook, we're starting to hate him more and more, I think. Well, I'm starting to get more and more on the on the train that everything historically tells us that he's a second-round draft pick. Can I don't you, hate Dalvin Cook. Can you believe I think the, that's going to be a nice Can you believe the, the idiots two? in the dynasty industry that were to give, trying to shove this Dalvin Cook 1.01 down everybody's throat for the whole beginning part of the the whole beginning part of the dynasty draft season, the whole draft season, the end of the even coming into November, December, certainly in January, and then right into the combine. Idiots, Dalvin. One point. They're just such such idiots, idiots. and they're pussies and now because they won't come out they and won't. say that they were wrong. Yeah, and then they'll go right, and then they'll go right into their rookie drafts and take Leonard Fournette number one hundred one. Idiots, and then especially the ones that call you out. You know, just I hate it when these people cry and cry and cry, and then when, when, then they can never down the road ever admit that what they were crying about was idiotic. Base. So do you, so, just due to ADPs alone, and I feel like Dalvin Cook's ADP will be falling, but I want to continue being low on Dalvin Cook. Um, do you think he needs to be below Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey at this point? Who is this below Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey? Dalvin Cook. Well, ADP I, dictated that he's completely needed to be previously. I like Derrick Henry. I mean, I think that I think that there's a, probably a 50-50 shot that DeMarco Murray misses at least 6 to 7 okay, games. Okay, well, hold on. Season. Let's use some, re, you know, reasoning here. What we know about Dalvin Cook is that the NFL teams view him as a 15 to 18 touch per game guy. That means he's going to be in some kind of split backfield. What we know about Derrick Henry is that he was in a, the real wrong end of a split backfield. But it, whenever, whenever his injury-prone starter was healthy for an entire season. Okay. But still, still going to be a combo backfield for either one of those guys. And, and here's the thing. I made the point the other day that Derrick Henry was a second-round pick. Why would In a year where there's, it's a deep class at running back, why would Dalvin Cook be drafted higher than where Derrick Henry was last year? It makes no sense to me from an economics perspective. You know what I mean? I, I mean, at the very least, you well, got just, a similar just grade like, on those. Just like two when guys. you understand the whenever you understand the detail of the level of prospect that both players are, the way that we do, the way that Roster Watch Nation does. There's no. It doesn't make any sense as far as like as far as the actual like the economics of the actual physical nature of the players. There's no reason that Dalvin Cook should be a, a first round pick in this year's NFL draft when Derrick Henry Derek was a second round pick in last year's draft. Because there's nothing that there, there wasn't anybody that looked like a, a first round specimen that I've ever seen. Like a Derrick Henry, at least not with my own two I mean, eyes. They're in real easily going to grade out at least similar, and this is a much deeper class. So I don't know. In the end, uh, <clears throat> I think I think we know what we've got with Derrick Henry. What about? And, and here's the thing: what we do know is if Murray goes down, Henry is going to be a freak. What about um, Rob Kelly 
Do we like him more than Dalvin Cook? No. CJ Pro size? No. I mean, I still like Dalvin Cook. I, all I'm saying is, I okay, think that so okay, okay, so I come to earth a little bit. So Dalvin Cook, we're gonna get him. And all right, so let me just ask you this: If you came down to a decision between Dalvin Cook and Corey Coleman, what would your decision be? Ooh, that's tough. Well, good, perfect. I think Cook, but it's I tough. I love it that it's tough. It's tough. So that means we got this thing dialed in. That change has now been made. Well, let's talk about it. Would we have had Derrick Henry as a high-rated prospect than Dalvin Cook if yes. they were in the same class? We would. Yes. We would. There's no question. I mean, I was a guy. I was a first-round Derrick Henry guy. So was I. If he I. needed a running back. I think I, mean, I think I lost money in bets that he wasn't a he, he, that he didn't end up going in the first round. I was like, dude, I've been, like I've been around him. I've seen him play. I like I've been, I've seen him with my own two eyes. I've been to the pro day. Like you know, he's a first round pick. He's sick, you know. And I was wrong. He wasn't the first round pick. I still believe. Like to me, if I had a draft board, he would have been a first round talent on my draft. We got some blank faces in return uh, from Cowboys insiders. Uh, when we were asking if they wanted a mulligan, you know, you hate to ever uh, ever say you're wrong about getting Zeke Elliott, but would the Cowboys rather have had Zeke Elliott and Jalen Smith, or would they have rather had Jalen Ramsey and Derrick Henry? Do you think Derrick Henry could have had a season similar to Zeke last year? Yes. I certainly do. Yes. As a matter of fact, I could see him running wildly down the field behind that line. I can, it's, it, it, it's cockamamie to say that it would have been better, but I could have seen something very similar. Very similar. I mean, hindsight 2020, never going to ever I, hey, dude, I cry over I'll the spilled what, milk. I wouldn't, yeah, and I wouldn't, and I wouldn't take the uh, – I'm going to take the bird in hand every, every time if I own that club. And you tell sure. me, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to say, you know what, whatever – if if I owned the club, I'd have said no, because I know it worked out fine with Zeke. Even though the thing that Jalen Smith, that's I mean, give me the bird in hand of the fact that I know that Zeke was the you know rookie rookie of the was he was he rookie of the year? He was he was my vote for rookie of the year. Or, I think or, it was Dak. Or was that Dak? I think it was Dak. I vote in that thing. I don't, like I, I don't even look. I at think we was. all had a big argument at the Senior Bowl about this. It should have been Dak. No, the argument of the senior bowl was that I thought that Le'Veon should have been MVP. He was Le'Veon was my MVP vote. I had a, I had a very compelling case for that, very compelling reason for 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 believing that. You have anything else, or you want to get to these reviews? No, I got a few others that we need to talk about. Um, or actually, we already talked about. Well, all right, Marshawn Lynch specifically. Do you like Marshawn Lynch better than a, than a Dalvin Cook or a Rob Kelly? Did I already ask you that? Mm, yeah, you asked. I think you asked me about Rob Kelly. I don't think you asked me about Dalvin Cook. I think I like Dalvin Cook and PPR more than all those guys. Okay. I would, are the Redskins, are they really going to go into the season with Rob Kelly as their starter? You talk about cockamamie. I don't think they will. They're going to draft a runner. They, this yeah. is a great runner. For, they're going to get Jamal Williams. <laughs> like, I, like I say, it's like they're going to get a. You can draft a Jamal Williams and a. Jeremy McNichols and, and and spend a third rounder and a sixth rounder and your running back position has been overhauled, complete you know clean sweep. You what if they get a Dalvin Cook or Deontay Foreman? Oh God! Well, they're going to get somebody like that. I think that's what they're going to do. 
Okay, so yeah. speaking of these rookie runners, this is so where Mike Band has it on the team's needs tool. This is a fantastic tool. Um, the team needs for who has the biggest need for running back? Well, I'm just looking at the Washington Redskins. So if, for for our pro subscribers, if they haven't seen or used the tool yet, I'm I'm is their number two need? Yeah, I'm certainly not going to watch the draft or uh, construct any mock drafts without this. This tool right tool, in front but, of me. But here's the thing: the new, the, the new tool coming out, the team big board tool that that takes team interest and visits and workouts that we monitor maniacally, even pro day and uh, attendance that we monitor maniacally, interviews at the Senior Bowl that we monitor maniacally. If you follow us on Twitter at RosterWatch, all those different things cooked into an algorithm that Band has put together to create, along with the team needs, to create the team big board tool. There's no reason for you to, uh, you know, if, if you're doing mock drafts, if you're dicking around with your friends about projecting who goes where, if you're making any bets on over-unders for when players go, you know, swindling up any of these uh, deviant ideas that us degenerate um, – uh, football assholes like to get into at times like the NFL draft. There's there's no uh, more powerful tool that you can look at uh, than this one tool for this very niche and specific purpose. You guys are going to love it. Get it at rosterwatch.com right now. It's just one of our suite of, of uh, pro tools that we work on through the whole season. Membership is ch uh, cheaper than a cheap cup of coffee. And I Redskins could get Christian McCaffrey. They're in play, I think, in the first two rounds. Sorry. Go ahead. Their number two need is running back. They're going to wait till the second round. I think it's a second round pick. And it's going to be a Deontay or something. It's going to be. Somebody's sick. A Jamal a good Williams. Line. Maybe a Dalvin. With Kirk Cousins getting presidential at the helm. A, a, a Dachshund. All of a sudden, we're going to be big Redskins fans. We sure are. Terrell Pryor's be a, a bit of a. A bit of a golden son of 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 roster watch nation. If if kind of a well, or if it, was he out Davis's like last draft pick? Kind of an orphaned and adopted son that we still love as one of the last uh, last last holdovers from an important era of the Oakland Oakland Raiders organization. All right, but so talking about that, Samaje Ryan. Don't like him in Washington, but I I certainly think he's a good player. Whenever we have the um, – I just want to see if you like him more than some of these guys for the MFL 10 cheat sheet because I got him on. Do you like Samaj P. Ryan more, more than TJ Yeldon? <laughs> oh, that one's close. I think, you I think you know, boy, do the Jaguars add a running back or not? I'm going to go with yes on P. Ryan. Do you like him more than James White? James White was so good in fan DFS down the stretch last. You yeah. know, I was kept convincing you the one week that I got it wrong, where you got your swindle with Deion Lewis. I owed you a bunch of Jimmy Johns, but other than that, <laughs> James White was he was money down the stretch in, in DFS. So let's so, stick with him. He just got paid. Okay, so do you like Samaj P. Ryan more than Ted Ginn Jr. Now in New now Orleans. in New Orleans. Mm. No. Do you like him more than Robert Woods now that he's Wait, for it's the LA really, Rams? Really, really, really close. P. Ryan, I feel like has more upside than Ginn. All right, so put him, a, put him with just, Ginn. He's in a just. He's in a just. He's in a spot. He is. He's. He's even with with Ted Ginn as far as value here on the visual representation. You can only find at rosterwatch.com with the epic three step cheat sheet. So easy. A toddler could follow the three simple rules, which guarantee you an expert quality draft in any application, be it MFL ten. Dynasty or redraft. Patriots signed running back James White to a three-year extension. 
uh, that runs through 2020. This is all seeming ominous for Deion Lewis, and the thing is nobody's going to want him on the open market because he's old. He was never good injury. for anybody else besides the Patriots, and he's now he's coming off a bad injury. you got to really be careful when those things are mirages. Especially whenever Bill Belichick is the one you're working with because he'll always let go of you a year too soon. Yeah, and it doesn't look like the Bills are going to match on Gillis Lee. Boy, I, I just love that. I love that pickup. It's so Patriots. You know, man, we saw, Mike so we saw Mike Gillis Lee at that senior bowl, and I never thought really the world of him, but it seems like... I liked him always. Right. It just seems like he's gotten better and better. I think it took time for him to grow an NFL player. There's a lot of traits I always saw about Gillis Lee I liked. And, you know, if you'd asked me, we'd seen them both at the senior bowl, I would tell you, I would have told you I thought Mike Gillis Lee was a better prospect than James White. In a lot of ways, they were similar. James White is a better pass protector. But I'll tell you, Gillis Lee wasn't getting in for the Bills on that many snaps last year if he didn't know how to pass protect. So he certainly cleaned up that part of the game. Two pretty similar players in a lot of ways. I think Gillis Lee has a little more, little more burst, a little more slash to his, to his style. Let's see. Oh man, let's see who. Let's see who. Let's see what we said here. I mean, this is shaping up for a Tom Brady monster. And I'll tell you, Belichick has said, you know what? If we're not, we're not going to be out of contention if Brady goes down. I'm making a team where if Garoppolo has to play, we're going to still win a Super Bowl. So Byron said, I'm looking at Byron's article from June 10th of 2013 on Mike Gillisley. Saying he runs with balance and straightforward lean, not a blazer, but he has one-step quickness necessary to create separation off the line of scrimmage. Also possesses smooth change of direction and flashes big big playability. His hands are adequate as well. You said we were impressed with him at the Senior Bowl. Um, head coach Joe uh, and head coach Joe Philbin's scheme is a receiving back and outside zone runner. Expect him to challenge for touches as early as his rookie year. Also a likely candidate to contribute. Yeah, so yes, we'd like to come out. We we said that he can only envision a scenario where he warrants flex play consideration at least once this season due to Lamar Miller putting keeper leagues in dynasty formats. He is a must own. So I don't know if you held on to him for this long, but if you did, yeah, we were a lot higher on Gillisley than I remember us being. Uh, you certainly didn't hang on to him for this long, though. I don't think. Maybe you did in dynasty. Super super deep. Coming home to roost though. What Coming it home said, to roost. Finally, what it, what years it later. says though is that he's yeah. a guy that you've probably kept a pulse on. Yeah. If you've been a member of Roster Watch Nation, look, right. I mean, the trash band loves him. He's a guy we've played constantly in DFS the last year or two when LaShawn's been out. He's a guy we're just familiar with, we're comfortable with. He's a guy that if you tell us he's going to get touches, um, we'll tell you he's a solid play. Yeah. So as far as the rest of the MFL 10 stuff, I don't think that there was anybody else that I want. Oh, yeah, one other guy who I wanted to talk about was now Martavis with his newest stuff that they're going to, they want him to make it for his presentation, whatever, about how he's going to get his life in order. What's he got to uh, make a presentation to the team? No, to the NFL about how what he's going to do to curb his um, behaviors and to keep himself in, in, on the straight and narrow. And apparently this is part of his process for reinstatement back. Do you at this point like Martavis Bryant more than Rashard Matthews or Willie Sneed. Sorry, I'm reading this Joe Mixon blurb about potentially having hit another girl back in high school. Well, let's well let's definitely talk about that. But but and I think that that affects where he is on this board as as, as well. That's a good thing to bring up. Um, Martavis Bryant, do you like him more than Rashard Matthews or Willie Sneed? 
Rashard Matthews very solid last year, but not, not in more a PPR than, sense. Not in PPR sense. Not in the PPR. But you know what, Martavis Bryant. And we never think was they're going to the draft PPR a wide sense. receiver in Tennessee. So maybe get, I'd like Martavis Bryant better. Maybe I mean maybe we go. Maybe Sneed goes over Rashard Matthews. He he is okay. So do you like do you like Martavis better than Dante Moncrief or Jamison Crowder? No. Okay. All right. So I know what to do with him now. Yeah. On to Joe Mixon. So there's a gentleman, Anthony Hernandez, who swearing he up and claims down. he claims that it's fact that Mixon hit his daughter when they were back in high school, threw her to the ground and hit her. Went to the school. They hit him in the office. Didn't get any punishment. He was escorted off. The father was escorted off campus, but nothing uh, resulted uh, in anything for Mixon. Apparently, there's a few teams or now several teams investigating this claim. Well, Gil, hey, here's the thing. is Gil Brandt knew about it. He was the first one to kind of say something on Sirius XM NFL radio, and people looked into it, and they got a hold of this guy. Whenever the godfather knows something, like, he talks to every scout. So scouts know. Scouts find this stuff out. They've, they've known talk, for they a while, to, yeah. probably. So I'm not sure they've known for a while. I think they've, I think they've dug this up during this draft process. Probably since the combine. Maybe or just after when they really started having to dig in on, on him. Probably before the combine. They're like, man, let's just focus on the guys we need to get to at the combine. And then after that, we'll deal with the, the character issue dudes. But I think that this is something where, like, it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I'm, I've always been, I've always kind of leaned with the, here, I, I mean, I'm not somebody that's here to deny anybody in this world their second chances and stuff. It doesn't mean that I can't feel icky about what that person's done and just maybe have to make judgments in my mind about the kind of person that they are to ever have to, to have ever done something like he was on video doing. I know it's unfair to even say because, or at least a little bit unfair to say because almost the fact that he's on video doing it and just what a brutal punch that was to that little girl that Joe Mixon laid on her. It kind of, you know, I probably wouldn't have that gut as guttural a reaction of dislike to the guy and be a lot more willing to easily give him a second chance if you know, if, if it wasn't something I'd see with my own two eyes, it's just the Ray Rice effect, you know, that we have to live with in this world of, you know, cameras being everywhere. But are we, if this is true with the other one, like, are now, is, are now do we say, all right, we got to give everybody in the world a third chance? No. Everybody deserves a third chance. No, I know. mean, like, at this point, if this, if this turns, if this claim, I, and his agents are going to say this claim is completely untrue. And this is like, at what point do you just got to take the guy off your board? You know, does that change? Does that does a pattern? Does it make it a pattern of behavior that really changes anything for the teams who've already decided to have him on the board? Yes. I mean, was the first one, one not bad enough? It wasn't. A, well, well, that's the thing. Now it's a pattern. Now it's a pattern. Now it's not an isolated incident that somebody can be. You know, in some ways, now it's become habitual. Yeah, and I guess the argument, I mean, there's really no argument. I don't know <laughs> what you can say. I mean, I guess the idea is maybe that because he was uh, shielded the first time around, you know, it's like if you do something, you get away with it, you don't have remorse. You don't learn anything. You but don't you do learn something, it. When you get caught, then all of a sudden you're sorry for these things. Sometimes and I get it. That can it, seem but, contrived, but that is somewhat can be true as well in life. You have to face these things a little bit at that point. And... Uh, so maybe you could make, if you're an apologist, if you're a team that really wants him on the board, maybe you could make that 
argument is, hey, you know, he had too many enablers at that point, and then once he's been caught, now he's realized it's wrong, and he's hopefully we can get him on the straight and narrow. I think it'll it'll he's still going to be on a few boards, don't you think? Well, uh, how, how about on our MFL 10 cheat sheet board? I mean, we have him right now where he's slated basically a little bit behind his ADP, but in a vacuum, don't you want Ty Montgomery a little bit more? Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you want Danny Woodhead more? Yes. Do you want Latavius more? Is that where you start getting a little queasy? Yeah, then, sure. Then, Anytime then we after that, we get down to. Then after that, we get down to the area we were talking about, the Dalvin Cook, you know, Derrick Henry area. I mean, yeah, I think Mixon needs to come down to to those guys probably. Do you like him more than CJ Prosize? I mean, are we going to win or lose our MFL tens based on whether we're under or overweight on Joe Mixon? I mean, I guess you yeah, could. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Of, I've, there's no scenarios within an MFL 10 best ball format that I'll say can't win you the league because there's a, you know, having, you know, think about the random dudes you could have had on your team last year that would have, you know, completely iced it for All you. All right, here's my feeling, man. This thing's going to get swept under the rug, and whatever team's got them on the board now are pretty much going to keep them on the board. We were just talking about him getting drafted in the second round. Okay, so we're going to have him above Dalvin. I don't think he should be above Dalvin. Above Rob Kelly? Yes. Above Prosize? Uh, similar. Okay. And and so Derrick Henry is below those guys? Above. Above. Okay, perfect. I like that. Okay, so Joe Mixon, he's going to be under Dalvin. Right? Yes. One spot under Dalvin. You'll have a decision between... Okay. I'll, I'll I mean, like Dalvin's going to get drafted and get featured. Mixon might be a guy that gets drafted has to get and a little gets, more also integra- gets drafted and gets featured. You don't think he might need a little more integration to the team just based on his situation? I think a team might just take it a little slower with him. Or do you think he comes in and he's a stud in training camp, he plays right away? Yes. If, he, if, the, if a team drafts him and they want to give him the shot and they like him, he's going to come in and he's going to be good. But – I'm worried about teams taking him off the board. I'm worried that he's not going to – here's the thing. His pool of employers has moved down. He's not going to have the chances that other players are going to have. I'm just – I'm worried about him. I'm goosey. I think he's a crappy person. I'm just like, let's just move him down. I think if you get him there, it's a, it's a great value. If you can get Joe Mixon at a great value, we think he has immense upside, but we're not going to expend, you know, high end, you know, high end of his range premium MFL 10 draft capital on Joe Mixon at this point. All right, so let me ask you one more thing about Ty Montgomery. Do you like him more or less than Golden Tate? More. Do you like him more or less than Stephon Diggs or Andrew Luck? More than Diggs. Luck, sure, more than Andrew Luck. More than Deshaun Jackson? That's real close. That's what it's kind of real, real close. Because I think you you take Brandon Marshall before Ty Montgomery, wouldn't you? Probably, no, but that's close too, isn't it? Yeah. How about how 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 about Kelvin, Kelvin Benjamin? That's close too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I, I think I like Ty Montgomery more gets, than Kelvin Benjamin. I think where it gets tough, Ty Montgomery or Tyreek Hill. Kettleman hates those wide receivers. So does all the beat riders there in Carolina. Well, I'd hate him too if they if I drafted them and they had only provided me one good year. Ty like Montgomery Kelvin. or who the Ty freak? Yeah. Ooh. 
I mean, here's the thing. I mean, we got to figure out what what Green Bay is going to do with that running back position. Well, you, you know what McCarthy said is he feels like Ty Montgomery is, you know, ready to be the lead guy if if, if need be. But who they they've been, they've been sniffing around Peterson. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't sniffed around Charles. They're going to get somebody. I'm surprised they haven't sniffed around. Jamal they're going to draft Charles. somebody, but I think that I, I think that Ty Montgomery is going to be in there, kind of be a bit of a lead dog. I like, and Ty- I think as a result of that, he's going to get just involved in all kinds of packages where they run him out of the backfield and throw it to him and all kinds of stuff. I like Ty. I like Ty Montgomery more than Kelvin Benjamin and right there with a Tyreek Hill. Okay, so that's a good spot. And then that puts him just a just basically you'd be choosing between Isaiah Crowell, Larry Fitzgerald, Ty Montgomery, Tyreek Hill, this kind of area. I think that feels just about right. It's actually kind of a sweet spot to be picking in uh, if you ask me. All right, let's get to our questions or I get not our questions, I guess our reviews of the week from last week. Let's do it. Let's get somebody a... This is on iTunes. Give us a good review. Give us a five-star rating if you like the podcast. Guys, I get the analytics from our marketing guy every week and see our number of listeners growing. Thank you guys so much. Please, uh, if you like the podcast, tell your friends about the podcast. And if you haven't done it yet, give us a good review. Give us a good rating. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, my goodness, why not? When you get subscribed to the podcast, I'm subscribed. When a new one comes, it pops right to my phone. You'll get it before anybody else does. All right, this is a duel between... Members of Roster Watch Nation, Stem T and R Marari. And this duel is for the rights, the honor of Roster Watch Podcast Review of the Week. The winner of this contest will get a credit for their most recent uh, payment for their Roster Watch Pro subscription. All right, the first one Citizens of the Rosterverse, five star <laughs> rating by Stem T. Yeah, you like that. Rosterwatch has enhanced my fantasy football team like a Viagra Cialis Spanish fly tonic. <laughs> we love good tonics around here, yep. especially the Spanish fly variety. This season, I successfully used the draft cheat sheet, weekly rankings, waiver wire tool, and the epic Vegas props to bring home four high points totals and two championships. Not to mention the undeniable entertainment value, Alex Byron, the robot genius, and even the despicable, uncouth, Disgusting. disgusting trash man bring to the table. <laughs> hey, this guy wins, dude. I don't even need to he's hear so that. He's so repulsive. Uh, speaking of, when are we going to get the robot genius on the podcast? Can't, I don't know. You're the one who has, you know, the one who knows all about his technology. I mean, he's got futuristic technology. We're about to have some futuristic technology, possibly. Well, we, we're going to find a way to patch him in, get him on. He yep. is built of. Uh, futuristic electronics so it should not be <laughs> an issue. His, exos- his, his exoskeleton has plenty of ports to plug things in. I stopped drafting like Al Davis <laughs> circa 2011, and my beloved cracker ass crackers won my most importantly. Corey Davis equals Jordy Nelson equals roster watch favorite son this draft. Sincerely, <laughs> Stim T. Littleton, Colorado. Boy, that, that one was still, amazing. Is that still Stim T? Yeah, it was. Yeah, just give it to him. Let's let's, let's just let's, re, let's give let's, let's give Lamar the other one. Let's give him the floor for a second here. Who he gets his mention? Who is he? R. Marari. R. Marari. Maniacally brilliant. <laughs> okay. Five stars. I like this guy too. And I get real maniacal <laughs> when I read these. Every night before bed, I lay in bed, and the last thing I do is go line by line through the Roster Watch podcast. Come reviews. on, man! You guys go go give this sick man his late night pleasures. It's my jollies. <laughs> On April 14th, 
Alex and Byron are podcast dynasty magic. This cockamamie business is fantasy gold. I'm a pro <laughs> subscriber, and I don't have DFS, Trash Man, or Robot Genius <laughs> withdrawal thanks to this podcast series. I listen in the shower, in the car, walking the dog, whenever I can. Also, you guys are worthy of way more than a cup of coffee. Just keep the podcast coming is all I ask. Raj from L.A. I'll hey, tell here's you. the thing. Hey, Give he, it to them both. That was exactly. Give it to them both. Boy, great minds. They both like. get it. They are, both get it. You sure do. R. Marari, Raj, and Stim T from Littleton, Colorado, please email us, rosterwatch at gmail.com. Both of you guys just showed Rosterwatch Nation how in the hell it's done around here. We appreciate your effort and the vigor in your reviews there. Uh, email us the email address, email us to rosterwatch at gmail, the email address associated with your pro account, and I will personally go in and credit both of your uh, most recent charges on your pro accounts. If you'd like to get in the action for next week, just go give us a review. Give us five stars. If you're not subscribed, jam that subscribe button. Get these podcasts pushed right to your phone. They are two a week. It is free premium content right to your earbuds. This has been episode 17. 17 of the Roster Watch podcast as we make our way towards the 20s and then the 30s and the 40s, soon to be the... 100s. I believe Byron said that will be in February of next year. We're right. Well on track. Well on track. All the way to 17. So, uh, yeah, go to the website. Get a Rosterwatch Pro membership. Again, we're going to remind you for one last time. Five-star review. Five-star rating. Thumbs up on Stitcher. For Byron Lambert, I am Alex Dunlap. This has been the Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by Rosterwatch.com. We will see you next time. <laughs>